Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 195, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening, thanks for downloading once again, and first-time listeners, welcome aboard. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's program, are you Australia's biggest mobile hoarder? We take a look at the alarming rise of cyber crimes and scams and a new way to enjoy your books by hearing them. We chat to Audible's Australian MD, Matthew Gain. In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the Fitbit Blaze, the Sony Extra Bass Bluetooth speakers and the Lexar Micro SD card reader for iPhone and iPad. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to talk about, so let's jump straight in. Okay, now own up, all of you, who have still held on to old mobile devices. And by the latest stats from Mobile Muster, every single listener should have their hand in the air right now. According to Mobile Muster, and they're a recycling program administrator, Mobile Muster, there are more than 25.5 million old mobile phones cluttering our homes right now. So the message obviously isn't getting through. And of those 25.5 million, 4 million of them are broken and they don't even work anymore. So a lot of us are holding on to our old devices. And the, the message is that obviously Mobile Muster's message is for users, once you're done with your phone, you should recycle it. Now, a lot of people don't know where they can do it. Well, Mobile Muster site, which I've linked to from Tech Guide, allows you to recycle it in a number of ways. There's plenty of drop-off points. Even if you notice, if you've bought a new phone recently, you'll notice inside the box is a recycling bag. So it, it makes sense. So if you're moving to a new device, then there's an opportunity with the included bag to recycle your old device. Now, I know if you've got a, a year-old iPhone or a year-old Samsung, you're not going to recycle those phones. You, you can probably hand them down to someone else in the family, a friend, or sell them. They're still worth a bit of money. But what about those older phones that are four, five, and six years old? They're, the, the mobile phones, smartphones have, have progressed so quickly. They've, they've improved so dramatically 
those devices are useless. There's there, there's no need for them. And a lot of people think, well, I need to hold on to it in case something happens to my, my phone and I've got a backup. Well, how many backups do you need? There's a lot of people with several devices clogging up their drawers and homes. And it's not just the devices themselves. You've got to remember, all the devices have chargers and cables and it is a, can, can create quite a mess. So what Mobile Muster has done, they're actually going to try find Australia's biggest hoarder. They're actually holding a competition in conjunction with, with a, a, a declutter expert by the name of Peter Walsh. Now, this guy, this is an Australian guy, Peter Walsh, who is who actually appeared on Oprah's show as the declutter expert, the go-to guy to help you declutter your home. Now, he's joined in on this promotion with Mobile Muster, and there is an entry. You can, there's a link on the Tech Guide story, so you, if you do want to enter, the prize is, is a decluttering pack worth more than $3,200. And that'll include personal organization sessions from Walsh. So this is Oprah's go-to declutter guy. Uh, You'll also receive some books, a storage king pack, as well as storage for 12 months. But even if you're not Australia's biggest hoarder, Judging by those figures, 25.5 million devices still in our homes, you're probably contributing to this build-up. Now, what Mobile must do is break down all these old phones and recycle all the material. There's plenty of material in your phone that can be reused. There's metal, there's plastic, there's glass. All of these materials uh, can be reused. So rather than a phone ending up in landfill, it is it is possible through people like Mobile Muster to give them a new life. You never know. The phone you're using right now may be parts of a recycled old device that was that someone else used years ago. It is worth looking at. Uh, we we want to reduce the uh, number of the, this this clutter in our homes. This is a great way to start. If you want to check out how you can enter that competition to help you declutter your home and let go of all those old devices, there's plenty of tips there. As and you can read our story as well to enter that competition at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now, internet security is something that we talk about a fair bit, and I think with very good reason. Uh, I, I think that it's reached a point now where the dangers uh, online from cyber criminals have increased to a point where you can safely say that if you're not protected, if you don't have at least have some internet security software on your connected device, and I'm talking laptops desktop computers, tablets, smartphones, if you don't have some form of protection, then it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when you'll be targeted by a cyber criminal. The reason I I say that is from the results of Symantec's latest internet security threat report, Symantec, the company behind one of our sponsors, Norton. Symantec, they they released these, these quarterly reports and the latest report they released late last week or middle of last week really had some alarming news in it. And, and the most alarming part of it was that cyber criminals are not going away. As a matter of fact, they're getting stronger, they're getting smarter, and they're getting even more professional. And the report says that these cyber criminals are mobilizing. They're realizing that by increasing their efficiency, 
by becoming by using best business practices by doing all these things that successful businesses do they increase their efficiency and make more money now this is a very lucrative business that we're talking about here so these cyber criminals aren't in it for kicks they are in it to make money and they are making big money that's why they, they continue to do it. And the, the worry is that they're getting better at it. Their professionalism is increasing. They want to get uh, increase their efficiency, launch even more attacks. Some of those attacks, we're talking data breaches, phishing attacks, ransomware. These are all on the rise. And there needs to be several lines of defense. The first line of defense would be, obviously, internet security software. That is the, the gatekeeper to your connected life. The next, the next line of defense, though, is your common sense. Now, there, there are things that we've, we've been taught that if you don't know who the email's from and there's an attachment, don't click on it. But by saying that, what the cyber criminals have done, and this brings us to our next attack, is a ransomware. And ransomware combines a couple of things. Now, ransomware, to, to explain really simply, is a piece of malware that once it's installed on your computer, then hijacks your computer, encrypts all your files, and holds them to ransom, hence the name ransomware. Now, what happens is once this is installed, a message pops up on your screen to say, your, your computer's now encrypted, we've got all your files encrypted, don't try to uninstall this, even if you get rid of the malware, the ransomware, all your files are still encrypted. Pay up if you want to see them again. And a lot of them uh, say, well, if you pay me $750, if you don't pay within 24 hours, the price doubles to $1,500 and so on. So this is an alarming message to receive on your own computer. And it's happened to many people and the, and the way it happens is through another scam called phishing and by phishing I'm not talking with a line and reel with an F I'm talking with a PH the phishing with a PH and a phishing email is an email designed to deceive you to you so it can trick you into either giving up personal information passwords usernames or to trick you into installing a file most recent case cases of ram, uh, ransomware occurred after a spate, and they're still continuing, of, of fake Australia Post emails. Now, what had happened in these cases, and I know of people where this has happened to them, the Australia Post email looks legit. There's Australia Post uh, logos and a heading saying uh, a, a parcel a parcel delivery was attempted, but you weren't home. Click on the shipping label below to re to reschedule delivery. And a lot of people who happened to be waiting on parcels went along and clicked that file, clicked that link, and it installed ransomware on their computer. Now, these people, it seemed legit. They were, they were in the situation where they were actually were missing a parcel. And unfortunately, and these are tech-savvy people that I know that this has happened to, if, it, if it's good enough to trick them, it's good enough to trick you as well. So you really need to be careful. And the way to spot those spot that it's a phishing email is by clicking on the name in the in the email. So if it says it's from Australia Post, click on that name and you'll see the actual email address. And it, it will not say australiapost.com.au. It'll say some strange address uh, in, in that line. Uh, the, the, the wording of the email too looks like it's written by someone who 
doesn't use English as their main language. It, it's a little bit sketchy in terms of the, the way it's written, uh, really poorly written. But at first glance, that's what people do. They glance at it. They see the big type, which is it usually then gets them, they, they get the gist of the email pretty quickly, and boom, they, they click on the link, and it's too late. The ransomware is installed. Now, if you were to have internet security software on your computer, then that would raise a massive red flag. That file would not be then, would be stopped from being installed on your computer. Now, the other thing that you need to do is have a backup. If you had a backup of your files, you can ignore the ransomware message, reformat your whole computer, put your data back on. But here's the trick too, and I received an email from one of my readers who who emailed me in a panic uh, saying that even my backup was infected. So because the, the hard drive was connected to the computer when the ransomware was installed, it went through and encrypted that connected, uh, the connected backup as well. So it does... It would pay. It would be an advantage if you do have a desktop computer to disconnect your your hard drive from time to time. Well, first of all, have your internet security software. Second of all, don't click on those suspicious emails and install any kind of file that, unless you know exactly where it's come from and that it's legit. Once you've done those two, the third precaution you could take to protect yourself if you do get infected is to disconnect your hard drive from time to time to make sure that, that is, that's a safe backup. The other, the other option is to have cloud backup. So that's totally off your computer, totally separate, and you can then reinstall everything from there. But the thing we need to do is to stay vigilant. We really need to be careful. And whether you're a business, a lot of businesses have been targeted uh, with, with malware and ransomware and have had to pay up big money. The advice that, that Symantec gives is don't pay for ransomware you're dealing with a criminal. There's no guarantee that even if you do pay, they're going to give your files back. So don't negotiate with the criminals. They are criminals after all. Have your backups. Have Be in a position where you don't need to pay up, that you've got a backup of your files, but also be in a position where these people, these criminals can't get into your computer in the first place. So I've put some hints there for businesses. I've also put some hints for consumers, things like using strong passwords, thinking before you click, protecting yourself. Uh, so... Check those out. If you do follow those precautions, you do all take that care, then you won't be a victim. And all of those in all of that information, all those tips, you can find them at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide now. A Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Our next topic is all about audiobooks. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a I'm a massive reader. I love reading. And it's whether it's on uh, using a reading a physical book. I'm, I'm a fan of physical books, printed books. I like like the tactile experience. I do love a book, uh, but I also read off an e-reader. I've got a Kindle. I've got, a, and I, I do put a lot of books on that device. Say if I'm travelling, I've got a choice of several books that I can read. But I've recently discovered that a growing trend here in Australia is is with audio books. And I know they've been around a long time, and and, and I've never really sort of thought, considered to listen to a book rather than read a book. And you listening to this podcast right now, I know that you are a fan of listening to things. You're listening, probably you may be listening to me right now in your car. You may be listening at the gym. You may be on a walk. You're doing something else, this multitasking while you're listening. And we do appreciate all our listeners, of course. Uh, you're doing that while, while you're doing something else. So while you're driving, while you, whatever you're doing, you might be in the gym, you might be sweating it out in the gym, uh, and you're hearing my dulcet tones. Well, another option 
and hopefully you do this on top of listening to the Tech Guide podcast, is to actually hear a book. Now, Audible is the biggest supplier of the world's leading provider of audio books. And it turns out that Australians have really embraced this practice. So, so much so, there's been triple digit rates of growth year on year here in Australia. We've actually, the growth of Audible in Australia since the office was set up, and we're going to be talking to the Australian MD, Matthew Gain, in a moment. Since the setup of the Australian arm of the company, we've experienced growth growth faster than the the company did in, in the UK, for example. So we are taking to hearing our books. Now, the interesting part of it is that it opens up reading in situations where you normally couldn't. Just like listening to this podcast at the gym or on the road, you can now hear books while you do that. So, and according to Audible Stats, 49% of their customers hear a book while they're commuting, 44% while they're driving, 38% while doing the housework, 30% while exercising, and my favorite stat, 17% listen to an audio book while they're on the toilet. That's up to you. That's not me. I don't listen to stuff. I read stuff if I'm on the toilet, if I've got to be honest. I don't listen, but hey, it's an option in the future. But I decided I'm going to give this a try, and I've got to say I am a fan. I'm a convert to audio books. In the last three weeks, I've heard two books. I've heard a nonfiction book. I heard uh, it was with, with the, the new show on TV about O.J. Simpson, The People versus O.J. Simpson. I decided to hear the book that that series was based on was called The Run of His Life uh, by author Jeffrey Tubin. Now, what makes the book, apart from it being a good book that you'd want to hear, is the narration. You've got to remember that it, 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 the, the book is reviewed not only on the quality of the actual book itself, but also on the performance. You've got to remember that the person reading the book can really can, can make the book even better. They use different voices for characters, and even authors read their own work. People like Stephen King likes to read his own work, Anthony Robbins. Uh, but they all, there are also some celebrity authors too, actors, uh, not, not only A-list actors, but a lot of other actors, they also uh, are, are used to narrate books. So, but people like Kate Winslet, Scarlett Johansson, Martin Freeman, Sissy Spacek, they are or narrators of some audio books on Audible. Stephen Fry, which I'm sure all of you have heard of, his narration, he narrates all the Harry Potter books on Audible and they are constantly on the Audible bestseller lists. But what we found, it really brought the books to life. A good, a good author, a good narrator combined with a good author uh, the result is is really entertaining, and I find too that uh, because we I'm using my ears rather than my eyes, it does free up. And this is what I say in my story on Tech Guide: it frees up the RAM, more RAM in my brain. You know, you got RAM on your computer, so if you've got more RAM, you can do more. Well, for me, hearing the book rather than reading the book frees up that RAM in my brain, and it gives your imagination greater scope to picture the story and appreciate the emotion and whatever you're listening to. So I found while I'm driving, it's one of the first things I did was put on my uh, my my audio book. While I was at the gym, even when I'm on a run, I like to hear it uh, from on public transport. 
And it, it also allowed me to, to read two books at once. So I'd be hearing one book whenever I'm driving or training, and the other book, uh, uh, the printed book, I could have whenever I feel like just sitting down and actually reading a book. So I, I was reading or getting through two books at the same time. Now, Audible, uh, you can join for free. They do have a monthly membership. I think it's fourteen ninety nine. You can get a book, one audio book a month, or you can just go one out, one at a time, buy, buy one at a time. You can also hear them on multiple devices. And if it, you were on a, on your say your iPhone and then move to your iPad, it'll remember where you're up to. And Audible is a company that's owned actually by Amazon, so naturally there's a link there between a Kindle and an audio book as well. So say you're there's a technology they use called WhisperSync, which allows you to whether you're listening. Uh, and then move to reading on a Kindle, it will remember where you are up to and vice versa. So if you're reading on your Kindle and then you jump in the car, it'll also remember what you got up to as well. So look, I'm a fan of uh, audio books and Audible and uh, we caught up with the Audible Australia MD, Matthew Gain, and here's what he had to say earlier. Well, Matt, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're here to talk audiobooks, and I've got to say, I am hooked. Ever since uh, I've been introduced by your good self, I, I can't get enough of these now, and, and it seems I'm not alone. That's true. We've done some research, and there are millions of Australians. I think it was 5.6 million Australians are now consuming audiobooks. It's kind of gone gangbusters, it's kind of the same way that movies for netflix and music for spotify we're finding now that people are moving into that digital era for books as well mm. and audio books have gone gangbusters well it, it makes sense i guess we're, it, it's kind of the intersection of uh, what i've described as like the intersection of literature and technology because we're, we're now carrying around smartphones and we've got all these devices that allow us and you, you look at every second person on a train or public transport they've, they've got earphones in and a lot of those apparently are listening to books now yeah that's right it's kind of like if you think about ipods and the way that they enabled you to keep your whole music catalog on on your device now you can have a whole library connected to your phone and so it's it's phenomenal to see you know what you know where people are listening and how they're listening and and mm-hmm. basically what it's enabling people to do is fit so many more books into their life i know that that's what mm-hmm. what yeah, you've been yeah. finding yourself absolutely yeah i find that uh every time i'm in the car i could be hearing a book which yeah. is t- before traditionally a place where you, you wouldn't even think of reading because you're, you're driving but now it's opened that right up i, I think i've, I've read two books in three weeks I think or heard two books in three exactly. weeks exactly well you, you're ahead of the curve so we we've, the average number of books our users are reading are about 17 a year mm-hmm. uh, but commuting and in the car is one of the biggest use cases yeah. but we're also seeing people are you are, you know are reading whilst they're at the gym or reading whilst they're mm-hmm. cooking or cleaning the house so they're kind of jamming it in amongst their other tasks so the multitasking that's so, it that's yeah, yeah. it so and and I, I, I find that the whole experience though is you kind of get a bit more enjoyment out of the book, I think, because you're not using this. On my story on Tech Guide, I've described it as you're using less RAM in your brain because you're not using your eyes to read, you're using your ears. Yeah. That kind of opens up the, your imagination. That's a, bit, that's a really interesting thing, and, and we've been looking at some research around this at the moment. One of the things we've found is that because your eyes, the part of your brain that's used for visual um, purposes, because that's not being used, your brain is able to create more visual landscapes in your mm-hmm. mind as it's listening. So it kind of brings the story to life more. So it's a really interesting space, and we're doing some research on that at the moment. And I, I find, too, that the uh, it's it's a, the, I, I like the reviews on Audible, by the way, because it gives you an idea not only of the quality of the book, yes. but also the quality of the narration. Yeah. I, I find that 
I read a lot more about how people are praising the performance as yeah. much as the book. And that, that's important too, isn't it? That's what we've found. We've found that, that you know, the narrator can make or break a title. And, and it's really, really important. There's nothing worse than a really great book ruined by a narrator. So, so mm. we spent a lot of time getting the right narrators. Typically, all of them are actors. Some of them are big-name actors. We've got Stephen Fry doing the Harry Potter series, yeah. yep. Kate Winslet doing um, Roald Dahl's Matilda. But then we also have just regular actors that are doing those really, you know, bringing it to life and changing the voices yeah. and pacing it correctly. It's, it's a really important component. Yeah. And, uh, and just getting back to kind of your research and the take-up in Australia, like, well, uh, there's some interesting places apart from the road and, and the gym. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are listening in, in strange places, including in the toilet. And why not? Why not? What we're saying is any, <laughs> any time that you can listen to books and, and jam more literature into your life. But, yeah, 17% of Australians say that they're uh, uh, listening on the toilet. Those people that are listening <laughs> to audio books, the way. That's that, not they're me. on the toilet. I'm not sure, Steve. I'm not sure. <laughs> Okay, so well, so what are, what are we uh, when when someone is now bringing a book to Audible and uh, you know tell us a bit about the business as well. So how does it work? Like, do, do you find you got to find the right performer, the right you know yeah, the, the author? I, I quite like the fact that some authors read their own work. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Stephen King, and I, he's got a couple of his books that he read himself. That's correct. Stephen King does his own narration, and sometimes that works. Most of the time, we find that. Um, you know, great authors aren't necessarily great narrators. Yeah. Uh, but there are instances like Stephen King where it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. What we do, do, though, is we, we work very hard to find the right voice uh, for the title. So working with the publishers and working with the author, and all the time the author is very much involved in choosing mm-hmm. that narrator yeah. because th- that author has a voice in mind when they're creating the book. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to make sure that the narrator we get is as close to that as possible. Yeah. And now just on Audible, uh, the, it, the, the, it's an app you can have on your iOS device, Android, Windows 10. You That's can correct. Well yeah, all of those. And um, so how does it work? You can sign up for a free 30-day trial? That's or? correct. Yeah, yeah, free 30-day trial. Then uh, it's fourteen ninety five per month and you get a book every month. Uh, basically, go to audible.com.au and sign up there. Then you know, you'll get the app on your phone and it will store all of your books. One of the really interesting things is those books are yours forever. Whether mm-hmm. you remain a subscriber or not, yep. as soon as you've got them, they're yours forever. Okay. I, I kind of like the feature too where if you're switching between devices, so like I sometimes listening on my maybe in my iPhone or my car or maybe on another device in the house, that it, it picks up from where you left off. Yeah, we call that whisper sync for um, whisper sync for voice, yeah. and it's a great little feature that we have. So that if you're reading the book at home on, say, your Kindle device, and then you get in the car, obviously you're not going to be able to read on your Kindle in the car, and so you can start playing it from your Audible. Um, your Audible app, and it will recognize where you're in the story and play from there. And then mm-hmm. the moment that you get back to your Kindle and can read again, it'll recognize where you got up to in the Audible. So it does so it both ways. So if, I, if I'm reading on the absolutely. reading my Kindle at home, yeah. and then I jump in the car, yeah. it'll pick up exactly where I stopped reading, that's and it. vice versa. That's, that's it. Fantastic. So where do, you, where do you see it going from here? Audio books? It, it seems to me that... It's, it's had a bit of a resurgence, and it's, a lot of people are listening to audio content. Like, look, you know, we're talking on a podcast right yeah. now, so people are probably yeah. listening to this in the gym or in the car. Yeah. So where, where is this going to go? It, it, this, it has had, like, three triple-digit growth in Australia, hasn't it? Audio yeah. Goes? Look, it's, go, it's going gangbusters here. We've seen a resurgence all over the world around around podcasts, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, Serial, um, the, the This American Life, mm-hmm. those big, momentous American um, podcasts are really driving a resurgence in podcasting generally. Mm-hmm. 
And, and the Tech Guide podcast. And the well. Tech Guide podcast. <laughs> well, I, I thought that went without saying, so I didn't even mention it. But we're seeing a resurgence in podcasts generally, and 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 a resurgence in the way that people want to consume information. And I think that as our lives are getting busier and busier and busier, that desire for literature, that desire for books hasn't gone away. Yeah. It's just we can't fit it in our lives now. So what's great about Audible is it allows you to jam that back in and get that literature in and keep your busy life. So where's it going to go from here? Look, if I look at our growth as a business in the US and in the UK, it's going from strength to strength to strength. We're a little bit behind here. We launched a little bit later, but we are catching up. We've, we've gotten to the level that we are now three times faster than they did in the UK. So I, I don't expect that um, acceleration to slow down. Fantastic. Well, really appreciate your time. I'm off to hear another book now, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Good on you. Thanks, mate. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Get the fastest speeds available with the new Netgear Nighthawk X8 AC5300 Smart Wi-Fi Router with speeds of up to 5.3 gigabits per second and tri-band Wi-Fi you can deliver more Wi-Fi to more devices in your home the Netgear Nighthawk X8 has four external active antennas plus four internal antennas which amplify Wi-Fi range. Smart Connect intelligently selects the fastest Wi-Fi band for every device in your home and ReadyCloud USB access means you can secure personal access to USB storage from anywhere in the world. Nighthawk X8 is the next wave in Wi-Fi. Do you want to learn more? Head over to netgear.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off the Tech Guide reviews for this week is a product from a well-known company, Fitbit. Now, Fitbit have become kind of a household name in the activity tracker space, the fitness band space, whatever you want to call it. And these the trackers, I think people have come to know, if, if I've heard people walk into stores and ask for, if, if they're asked for after an activity tracker, rather than saying activity tracker, they say, look, I'm after a Fitbit. And by that, they mean a fitness tracker. They're, that's how popular the company's become. Well, what they've done now is actually just shifted a little slightly into the smartwatch territory with the new device, the Fitbit Blaze. Now, it offers all of those uh, activity tracking abilities and adds a few more and puts it in the form of a watch. Now, it's got a heart rate monitor on board. It's got a larger display. It's got a 1.25-inch display. And this is the first color display, by the way, that Fitbit has included on a device. Now, the actual screen itself is contained within a module that actually pops out of the framework of the watch so that it allows you to charge the watch for a start. You need to pop it out to charge it with a special USB connector. Uh, it also allows you to change your watch band, so it gives you that uh, flexibility to customize the watch. You might want a leather band. You might want a silicon band. You might want a metal band. It gives you those options as well. So on the design side, not too bad, not too bulky. You can, obviously, this counts your steps all day long and, or, and monitors your sleep at night. So you can use this not only as your activity tracker, but also now you can be your all-day watch as well. On the design side, it looks pretty good. No, obviously, not, 
my opinion, doesn't look as good as, say, an Apple Watch or a Samsung Gear S2, but this looks pretty smart nonetheless. Now, of course, at its heart, it's a fitness product. So uh, it, it will monitor your steps, your calories burned, your flights of, of stairs climbed, distance traveled, all of those things you come to expect from your fitness tracker. This has covered it and, and adds even more, like your heart rate monitor, for example. It also can recognize the different exercises you do. So there's a smart track feature that can automatically recognize and track uh, any any activity you're doing, whether you're running, whether you're cycling, whether you're walking, you're in the gym, it will credit that. So rather than you having to remember each time to hit the particular exercise you're doing to, to claim the steps and all the activities, this will remember and track you anyway. So you'll get credit for that activity even if you forgot to hit the button before you set off. Um, the heart rate monitor is is handy, uh, I think, if you're, if you're a high-end triathlete it's like an athlete who's you know running half marathons and a marathon runner who would probably want a little bit more out of their device the heart rate monitor i don't think is is quite accurate enough for you on this one so it it also doesn't have gps on board as do some of those high end sports watches do so to have gps tracking on this you actually have to be, have your phone with you at the same time so uh, that, that's that's one downside there. So, uh, but among the smart features, now I remember I said it, it is part smartwatch as well. You'll get your alerts, your messages, your basic calendar notifications as well. You'll see if you're receiving a call. You can't answer the call on your device, but you can reject the call on your device if you do want to answer it. You've got to grab hold of of your phone. Uh, on the performance side, now one of the strong uh, strong parts of this product, the Fitbit Blaze, is the battery. It lasts for up to five days, which is pretty good when you're considering this is a smart watch as well. So it's got it's powering a 1.25 inch screen. The screen's not always on. It does it comes on when you sort of give your wrist a flick and try to look at the time. Uh, it does charge with a special USB cable. It's got a little frame that actually sits around the module once you pop it out, uh, and you can charge away there. Now I quite like the product. It's it's a handy. It's more an exercise device than a smart watch. So on the smart side, I think it's a bit light. If if it's mainly exercise, you want to monitor. I'd suggest maybe sticking to maybe a dedicated tracker like a Fitbit Ultra, which is the uh, their, their regular uh, band, or the Fitbit the Charge HR. Uh, if you want to watch, look, it, it is a larger, brighter screen. Uh, if you're a real Fitbit fan, then this can do all of that for you. If you want more of the smarts, though, this kind of gives you the basic level of smarts. doesn't quite match the Apple Watch and Gear S2 for the number of smarts and apps and things you can run. This can run no apps at all. It's basically just giving you some notifications from your phone. It's priced at $329.95. You can, I've seen it in stores actually for cheaper than that, for under $300. So if you're after the Fitbit Blaze and you want to read our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Okay, our next review product is from Sony. Now, this is the SRS XB3, better known as the Extra Bass Bluetooth Speaker. Now, I've got to say, I'm a fan of this speaker. I've reviewed a lot of Bluetooth speakers over the years, the Boses, the Logitechs, the Bravens, and... They've all got a lot of things going for them, and they sound really good, and they're all various prices, but I think this Sony speaker ticks more of the boxes, I think, than those other products in terms of value, in terms of sound quality, in terms of features, 
uh, and just usefulness. And you'll know what I mean when I when I completely talk about the other features on board. Now, this is a smallish speaker. It's 21.1 centimetres long, weighs just under a kilo, 930 grams. It's water-resistant, not waterproof. So if you're poolside and you get a splash, you're all good. You, this, the speaker's going to keep on, keep on keeping on and streaming your music from your device. You can sit the phone flat on its base or up on its side. Pairing is a snack with either Bluetooth or with NFC. Under the hood, 48mm speakers, two passive radiators, including a radiator that fires out of the back. Now, the favorite feature of this, obviously, the sound quality is excellent. But what makes it even better is the extra bass functionality, which gives this a lot of punch. Now, I was listening to it on extra bass the whole time, and it uh, it had so much power and volume that... If I was to play this at its highest volume and ask you to guess how big that speaker was, you won't be saying that it's a small speaker. You'd be thinking, wow, that sounds like a big speaker, but it actually isn't. It's a smallish speaker. It fits in the palm of your hand, but it does get that extra punch through the extra bass feature. So we do love that. It does have other modes on board, Clear Audio Plus and Virtual Surround Mode as well. So if you've paired this to, say, a tablet and you're watching a movie on it, it, uh, it does give you a lovely experience. It can also be used as a hands-free speaker phone as well but one of the other strengths and there are a few one of the other strengths of this product is its battery not only will the internal battery give you 24 hours of use so that's on a full charge this thing can go for 24 hours not only can it do that but if you open a little hatch on the back of the product you'll find a usb port and what that USB port is actually can, can actually do is charge your smartphone and charge your tablet. So this is a battery as well as a speaker. So not only can you take this with you out to the park, you want to listen to your tunes, but if you're running low on power on your phone, you can connect this with a cable, with your charging cable, pop it in the back of the Sony speaker, put the other end on your smartphone or tablet, and you are being charged. So not only can you hear your music, charge your phone at the same time, it'll even work while you're charging your phone. So you can stream music from your smartphone that's being charged by the speaker. So... It goes around and around. The uh, Sony SRS XB3 extra bass speakers, they're priced at just 249 bucks, which I think for the features you're getting, the sound quality you're getting, and there's a choice of colors too. There's six colors, red, yellow, green, blue, light brown, and black. We had the blue one. Uh, for, for all those features and all those capabilities and that price, it adds up to a pretty good deal. And this is a speaker that definitely punches well above its weight. Read our full review at techguide.com.au. Now, all you iPhone users and all you iPad users, so iOS devices, what is one feature that you wish you had on your device? I'll give you a clue. It's not there. It's missing, conspicuous by its absence. The answer is a micro SD card slot. I'm sure a lot of you uh, who may be Android users, uh, whether you've got a smartphone or whether you've got a tablet, there is a handy little micro SD card slot to help you expand the memory and just get stuff on and off the device. You don't get that with the iPad. You don't get that with the iPhone. But the good news is Lexar has come to the rescue with a new micro SD reader. 
and the reader has a lightning connector so it can connect to your iOS device, your iPhone or your iPad, and you then plug in your memory card and you can then transfer your content on and off the card directly onto your iOS device. Now, a free file management app is required from Lexa, which you can download for free from the App Store. So that's a great way to manage your files. So once you put in your memory card, you can look at the videos, photos, music, whatever content you happen to have on that card. You can view it and stream it and enjoy it on your iOS device. And going the other way, you can also save content from your device, from your iOS device, and put it on the card. So it's not only for uploading, it's also for downloading as well. So if you want to maybe clear up some space or you want to share a file, you might want to share a file onto an SD card, micro SD card, uh, and you might be sharing it with an Android user who happens to have a built-in micro SD card slot on their device. So a great way to share that content. It's also handy too if you... Uh, say a photographer and you may you want to transfer some footage or some images from a, maybe an action camera like a GoPro takes a micro SD card uh, the the a lot of drones take the uh, SD micro SD cards as well so you can directly transfer rather than having a wireless you transfer them can, which can take a long time especially if you're talking about big files now instead of having to wait till you're in front of your computer to look at the files or maybe edit the files using this Lexar micro SD reader you can now look at all those files on the spot. So if you're out on the go, you can take a look at that using the reader as well. The Lexar microSD reader with that lightning connector is available now from all your major electrical retailers, and it's priced at $54.95. You want to read our full review? You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. There's a lot of valuable stuff stored on your computer. Family photos, videos, tax, and work documents. But what would you do if all of a sudden it was gone, encrypted, and impossible to retrieve? Well, ransomware is here. It's real. It's a malware that locks you out of your own files, then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. This is on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the biggest targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware by identifying and warning you against dodgy files before you click and backing up files from your PC to the cloud so you'll always have a copy if anything goes awry. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, the Tech Guide Help Desk, I'm going to answer a question that I'm, I'm asked a fair bit. And one of the very popular products that people like to ask me for advice is with TVs. Now, that makes sense because TVs aren't cheap. You're usually spending several thousands of dollars and you want to make sure that your investment uh, is a good one and that you're buying a decent product with good picture quality and all the smart features that you want. But one question I get asked a fair bit is, should I buy a 4K TV? Well, my answer is this. If, you, if you're taking the trouble to buy a television, you're not just buying a TV for a year or two. You're buying a TV that's hopefully going to last you five, six, maybe up to eight to ten years. So I tell people that, look, 
This is a TV you're going to be looking at for potentially the next decade. Even eight years is a pretty good life for a flat screen TV. So why not future-proof that investment by spending a little bit more, and it's not much more, 4K TVs are more affordable than ever. I say to people, spend a little bit more and go for the 4K option. I think if you're spending thousands of dollars on a full HD TV, you're going to regret the fact that you don't have those extra pixels. Now, 4K, as you know, offers four times the resolution of a full HD TV. And now we're seeing a lot more 4K content. It's it's available streaming. There's going to be uh, ultra 4K Blu-ray discs available soon. There's going to be more and more 4K content coming and your new TV, you want to be able to enjoy that 4K content in all its glory. So yes, if you are in the market for a new television, I would suggest look for 4K, otherwise known as ultra high definition, definitely worth spending the extra dollars. And it's not that much extra. Let's think, let's face it, a few, maybe a couple of hundred dollars more is the difference between a full HD TV and a 4K Ultra HD TV. Definitely worth the extra investment. I've reviewed plenty of 4K TVs on Tech Guide. You can check those reviews out at techguide.com.au. And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us. Email address is info at techguide.com.au. We want to send a special thanks to our sponsors too, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then... Stay safe and stay connected.